Central Florida. I am your host, Steve Elkins, and this is Off the Beaten Path. Today's date is January 14th, 2024. It's been a full week of news and sound bites, and news is being passed off as real news, much of which I would call the fake news. The time to be vocal is now. Silence is implied consent. Please visit the RBN website for great resource articles, for provocative insight, and share what you have learned. Go to republicbroadcasting.org. My email address is off the beaten path, Steve at gmail.com. Our call in number is 512-248-8252. That's 512-248-8252. <clears throat> nice to be back in the studio again. Uh, it's a fast week, fast week this week. Um, I'm going to close the phone lines for the first hour. I don't typically do that. Uh, I'm going to pull a Mike Rivera on you here and just go through a bunch of stuff, and I want to make sure I get it in. Uh, but the second hour, free for, free for all, go for it, call in, and uh, that's fine. But the first hour, I want to make sure that I get through some of this material. It has been an interesting, interesting week. Uh, well, Monday, we've got uh, January 15th. We've got the Iowa caucus. Trump is surely to uh, cream the competition, no doubt about it. I don't know if you all saw the Nikki Haley, Ron DeSantis little <clears throat> sparring back and forth, and uh, it was it was embarrassing. It's ridiculous. Two people fighting over for number two that are so far away from number one. It is quite ridiculous. Chris Christie finally bowing out and making his big bow out uh, press conference in the parking lot of a Krispy Kreme. And what a class act this guy is. Pillsbury, <clears throat> Mr. Krispy Kreme, Chris Christie. But it was embarrassing. Uh, I did not watch it. I watched the highlights between Ron DeSantis and Nikki Haley. And it was embarrassing embarrassing like children talking over each other showing no courtesy showing no respect whatsoever and uh well <laughs> that's not the way um well if you try to put yourself above the competition you didn't do very well doing that uh i couldn't tell the difference between a democrat and a republican with that it's, it's quite embarrassing so uh that's embarrassing but we go to uh monday is martin luther king day I think that's quite interesting. You think about it, Martin Luther King Day. And uh, the government, uh, you know, the government assassinates Martin Luther King for being an anti-war protester against Vietnam. A peace activist. They always go, out, go after peace activists. Then they honor him with a holiday. We assassinate you, and now we got to look good in front of the, the, the eyes of the people. So let's give you a holiday here. And uh, you know what else we'll do? We'll give you a street in every major city. How about that? We'll give you a statue, a bronze statue somewhere, and we'll give you a street in every major city. And if you don't agree to take on the street name as Martin Luther King Street or Boulevard, uh, then we'll strip you of tax dollars. We'll strip you of dollars for your roads and your highways and things like that, bridges. Uh, so, yeah, forced into accepting Martin Luther King. Um, 
roads and highways because if you don't, you lose the government money. <laughs> yeah, that's the way they work. So everybody in government gets a day off with pay. That doesn't count you and me. We don't get anything off. And uh, I guess this is kind of a reparations then, isn't it? Kind of a reparations. Uh, I believe I deserve reparations. As a child growing up, I heard a lot of kids call me Nazi. Uh, he's the Nazi. Lives down that street. His mom's a Nazi. She speaks a weird language. He's a Nazi. Hi, Hitler. They would actually do this crap to me as a kid. <clears throat> Had no idea what they're what they're talking about. Uh, evidently, heard this from their naive, ignorant parents, or a kid would have been known would have known none of this uh, to be calling me these things. Had no idea, but they heard this from stupid, ignorant family members, mother and father, whatever. whatever. And uh, so, I, I want my reparations. I want my reparations. Uh, I want somebody to compensate me for that um, psychological abuse I had to put up with as a kid. It did stop by junior high. But um, grade school, terrible. These kids were terrible. So, uh, again, Martin Luther King Day is tomorrow. And uh, sucking up, government sucking up, trying to look like the good guy here after we know the truth. You think the files are closed on that case there, the Martin Luther King files? You think they're closed? Kind of like maybe, let me see here. Let me just pick a number out of the air here. How about 70 years? Close down those files. Make sure nobody can see the files for another 70 years. How about that? Sounds familiar? Sound, does that sound familiar at all? Yeah, it does. One thing caught my attention the other day driving around central Florida. We have, we have farmland out here. We have a lot of farmland. Horses. We got all kinds of animals. Cows. And uh, it was not a hot day, but I've, this pretty much applies to the day when it is hot. Down here, you know, 95, 9900, and a high humidity. And our cows, they do really well. They're upright. Sometimes they're lying down, cooling off, but they're prepared. They, they know how to handle this kind of weather. And I, I, I noticed our cows lying on the ground. They looked to just with their head up, just kind of taking it easy. And it wasn't that hot a day. I think it was 80-ish. We're in our winter now. And I thought to myself, huh, going back to the hot summer we had, we had a, a normal summer, not a hot summer, but a, a normal summer for us. And I started thinking back at those cows in Kansas that 10,000 head dropping dead all at the same time. I, I, I thought about that. Wait a minute. We have hotter weather than you do. We have high humidity. So how come our cows don't drop dead and yours drop dead? Kind of interesting. Started thinking about that a little bit. I've been watching some TV, not much, but one show catches my interest because I, I love technology and I love forensic science. So I started thinking about 10,000 cows drop dead all on the same day. Maybe we should send the team of forensic files over there and do some labs and try to figure out what happened here. Because I'm not buying the excuse that it was just damn hot that day and the cows decided to all lay down and die at the same time. It doesn't make any sense. And if it doesn't make sense, you should never accept those answers. Our cows don't drop dead. Why, how come the cows didn't drop dead, you know, in a, in a pattern of, you know, maybe over days? Why did they all drop dead on one day. And that was pretty much hushed up. Oh, yeah, it's just, here's your answer. We're going to go with this. It was a hot day. Cows were too hot. They dropped dead. And uh, we've had hot days before and never seen dead cows. But now we have 10,000 all dropped dead at the same time. Which makes me believe that actually these tests, these cows were used uh, for an experiment, probably with a messenger RNA shot vaccine if you want to call it that and uh, for some reason their little test 
They didn't do a small sample test. These guys believed in what they were doing. It's not going to be a problem. The cows will take it in. The people will eat the beef, get the messenger RNA in their body. We have succeeded in our goal of getting messenger RNA into your body. For those who will not uh, drink the Kool-Aid and take the shots and the boosters, we'll get it into your body some other way. So these cows all drop dead at the same time. Amazing. And we have hot days all through the year. And my, our, our cows don't drop dead. My cows don't drop dead. Uh, around the country, Indiana, my parents live in Indiana. They don't drop dead there anywhere else. Chicago, not Chicago, but Illinois. Um, farmland out there, Wisconsin, Wisconsin, dairy capital, right? Uh, didn't hear about any cows dropping dead in Wisconsin. But we had Kansas, 10,000 cows, all dropping down. And dying, and uh, it's that's just not acceptable. Uh, their lame answer. Again, send over forensic files. We can figure this out. They they do a damn good job. Those guys are amazing. I wonder sometimes if it's a, actually not a good thing to do to actually put forensic files on TV because uh, you know your criminals uh, they may just pick up stuff. And this time I won't do this and this and this. I don't know if your your spouse is ever watching forensic files and she's taking notes. Um, be very suspicious. Um, yeah, be very careful there. Um, but, uh, you know, they, these guys are great at what they do with the science of finding out who killed and why they did it. And later on, the motive comes. And it's pretty simple. A lot of times it's it's sex, sex or money, right? Pretty much, pretty much every time you watch those shows, sex and money, maybe power. Maybe somebody wants to take control of the company and they want to get the, the second guy out and take it all for themselves. But then again, you're talking about economics. You're talking about money. But uh, that's it's interesting. The cow thing. I'm, I was thinking about that. Riding around, there's a cow. It looks pretty happy. Yeah, it looks pretty good. I, th- I think as long as you water them, give them good hydration, and they most everybody has a pond or some kind of holding area for water for the cows to go either get a drink or actually get in the water sometimes. It's kind of cool to watch a cow in the water. His little head sticking out of the water. And I think I had a pullover one time. I couldn't believe the cow was pretty much submerged underwater, but his it was a, it was hilarious. I thought, I've never seen a cow do that. Looked pretty happy, so I took a picture of it. But uh, that's uh, something. It's it's. Uh, I'm not going to buy the lame excuse which has been given out by government. Lots of lame excuses on everything. Again, the uh, the files for MLK, Martin Luther King. Yeah, shut down, closed, sealed for another seventy years. Possible, possible. Haley, not knowing what the the Civil War was all about, I thought that was interesting prior to this head-to-head with DeSantis. Um, Well, they caught her off guard, didn't they? It's kind of funny. Town hall meeting, and somebody throws a question at you, what's the uh, Civil War about? Well, I know what it's about. I I took down the Confederate flag in my state, you know, and I know what it's all about. Well, um, no, you didn't. You didn't. Uh, It's not about rights and freedoms. It wasn't at all. Many, many years ago, I sent John Stadmiller over a, a little memo of the reason for the Civil War. And he liked it so much, he actually had me read it on air. I, did, I wasn't part of the staff at that time. And I called in and he said, hey, I got your memo thing. That was really good. Would you read that about what really the Civil War was all about? And, and slavery? No, it wasn't about slavery. A very, very, very small portion, if you can even call it that. It was, it's, what's, what's the old saying I always say here on the show? It's always about the money. It's always about the money. You see, when uh, you get the North and they decide to do uh, taxes, 
and they tax everybody, but then they don't share the taxes with somebody. That kind of peeves people, and it gets them really angry. And if they're uh, not uh, getting money, currencies, any kind of uh, income to better their infrastructure, and their infrastructure starts to fail, and the other infrastructure of the North uh, flourishes and blossoms, uh, that kind of pisses off the South. So they said, you know, we want to succeed. We don't want to be part of this. Well, no, you can't. We need your taxation. We need your money. And it's for the North, not for the South. And that's what caused a big portion of the Civil War. It's not about slavery because there were slaves in the North. There were slaves in the South. Slaves in the South worked in the fields. Slaves in the North worked as nannies and cooks and cleaning the house and things like that. But uh, so this whole thing was all about slavery. And no, 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 no. Again, the bottom line is it's always about the money. Always about the money. Fact. Fact. Well, what else we got going here? Uh, Hunter Biden decides to crash his contempt hearing. He didn't have to be there, but he decided not to show up for the subpoena. Uh, when he's got the subpoena, didn't show up. So he makes this little outside the uh, courtroom, little, I'm here, I'm here, I'm ready to talk, I'm here. But you're not inside the building ready to be questioned. Uh, so don't give me this, I'm here, I'm here, and then run away. Kind of uh, kind of gutless, but that's the kind of person he is. Last week I threw something at you from the movie The Emperor's Club, and I said, it was a, it was a quote that I, said, I just love, and it said, a man's character will be his fate a can't a man's character will be his fate now i look at hunter biden what is he 54 55 years old he looks pretty weathered but that's the drugs it makes you look old the stress now having to defend yourself when you really have nothing to back up and defend because you got caught red-handed you're a crook your entire family are crooks that's a fact. We can we can back that up now. We've got the paper trail from the banking records. We got it all, baby, and uh, you're going down. And uh, we do know that the Department of Defense, not Department of Defense, but the Department of Justice, the DOJ has been covering for the Bidens, Hunter and Joe, for a long time. But now you know what? There's nothing you can do now. It's all coming into place. Maybe it's coming into place for a reason, though, if you think about it. Maybe it's time to get rid of Joe Biden. Maybe the time the Democrats have decided it's time to get rid of Joe Biden. Now, I saw him the other night. I don't know where he was. He may have been in a plane hangar. Uh, but the guy totally had a blank look on his face. And he looked so confused. And speaking to somebody, of course, we had no audio. But it looked like he was saying, where am I? Who are you? Who are these people? Where am I? What what am I supposed to do next? He just totally looked like a fish out of water here. This guy looks really bad. Physically looking at him, but mentally, the, you know, the facial expressions of confusion, uh, you can't erase that. You just can't erase that. Now, they might be doping him up on some big-time stuff to, uh, to help him through his crisis here, his dementia, his uh, degree of Alzheimer's. There's something definitely wrong here. No, uh, not nodding off all the time, dozing, uh, just looking totally confused. And then, of course, his uh, his rants, uh, you know, about this and and the lies that he tells all the time. He's always telling a good whopper lie. 
And uh, it, it's just all coming. And, you know, it's, the Democrats cannot defend this hard anymore. They remain silent. The media remains silent. It's got to be embarrassing. But still, they just kind of button their lips and they say nothing. As we see a man that's failing, failing cognitively, he looks so, so bad. He will not make it to 2024. The Democrats know this. They're still looking for their option. What's their option? What's their option? I don't know. Is their option Big Mike? Big Mike Obama? Michelle Obama? Is it? It sure looks like it might be. Uh, it certainly can't be the guy who's destroying California. It can't be Gavin Newsom. There's no way. You're destroying your state. Everything is going wrong. People are moving out of your state. Corporations are moving. People are moving out. And uh, and you think you can take on the entire United States. It's just not working. Every time he opens his mouth, he's giving away the store. Legals coming in now can have free health care. Of course, it's somebody else's expense, taxpayers. And now they've even added gender gender surgeries, gender reassignment surgeries. Can you imagine that? Coming over here and saying, I want this, I want this, I want this. Sure, we'll give it to you. And uh, Mr. John Q and Mrs. Q, taxpayer, you're going to pay more taxes to pay for these people. Well, I'm not one to walk around and say I hate people. Um, it's usually a strong, very strong dislike. And if I have a very strong dislike for somebody, there's a good reason why I do. And bringing somebody else's quality of life up significantly and dropping mine significantly doesn't make Steve Elkins a happy camper. It makes him very angry because I believe in taking care of our own people first, first, America first. And I'm sorry if it doesn't sound very Christian-like. Steve, that's not a good attitude to have. I'm sorry, but America first. Stay tuned. More to come. of the Wild Pastures family, and we look forward to bringing you the pastures meats that you and your family will love. Now, we started Wild Pastures because so many of my clients would tell me they just couldn't find high-quality pastures meats, and even when they did, it was so expensive that they couldn't afford to eat it regularly. Now, I'm not talking about the bottom-of-the-barrel healthy meats that have claims like natural or free-range or even cage-free, terms that were actually created by the industrial food industry to make 
make us feel all warm and fuzzy about buying their low quality products. I'm talking about truly nourishing pasture-raised meats, the kind that you'll never really find in a grocery store. Our farmers are doing things beyond organic. Our beef is 100% grass-fed and grass-finished and raised on pastures free from chemicals and other pesticides. Our chickens are 100% pasture-raised where they get their natural diet of grass and forage and insects. We will never settle for free range, which is actually one of the most deceptive terms in the chicken industry. In fact, less than 0.1% of the chicken consumed in the United States is truly pasture-raised in the way that ours is. And our pork is 100% pasture-raised as well. So if you care about where your food comes from, then you have definitely made it to the right place. As a Wild Pastures member, you'll be supporting the most highly principled farmers in America and getting the most nutrient-dense, nourishing, and sustainable meats in the world. I'm confident you'll love being part of our mission at Wild Pastures, and you will really love the delicious, nourishing meats that we're going to deliver straight to your door. Visit republicbroadcasting.org and click the Wild Pastures banner ad. Secure a shipment today. Beef, poultry, and pork. Raised the way nature intended. Tahibo Tea Club's original Pure Pouty Arco Super Tea comes from the only tree in the world that fungus does not grow on. As a result, it naturally has antifungal, anti-infection, antiviral, antibacterial, anti-inflammation, and anti-parasite properties. So the tea is great for healthy people because it helps build the immune system, and it can truly be miraculous for someone fighting a potentially life-threatening disease due to an infection, diabetes, or cancer. The tea is also organic and naturally caffeine-free. A one-pound package of tea is $49.95, which includes shipping. To order, please visit drinksupertea.com. The first word is drink, spelled D-R-I-N-K, then the word super, then the word tea. The complete website is drinksupertea.com. Or call us at 818-965-9113, Monday through Saturday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. California time. That's 818-965-9113, drinksupertea.com. Supported in Nancy Mace and Marjorie Taylor Greene. Uh, using some liberal talking points, I was not happy that they, they decided to go that route. I think maybe looking back, they may now regret what they said. Nancy Mace talking about you're the uh, epitome of white privilege. Using that white privilege, we've heard that the Democrats use that all the time. I think that was a, a poor, uh, poor wording. 
not a, not a good idea to go down that road acting and speaking on, on the part of acting like a liberal. That's a, a liberal talking point, white privilege, white privilege, racism, white supremacy. <clears throat> that was a bad thing to say. Marjorie Taylor Greene kind of uh, pumping your chest out, beating your chest, talking about being a strong white Republican woman. Hunter Biden fears me because I'm a, a strong white Republican woman. I don't know why you had to throw the white in there. Um, you know, I don't, I don't know. No idea why you had to throw that in there to say it. Uh, stick with the facts. Focus on the facts. Now, you guys have a gift. You have a gift that's been given to you now. Of all <clears throat> the transactions, of all the illegal activity going on with the Bidens, the uh, it's all right there. It's in your lap. Now, use it correctly, and uh, you'll be able to take these people down. And I know it's... it's uh, Head scratching, you get a little angry to say, well, will the, will the court system listen to all this stuff? Um, it probably at some point in time, as I said, when your courts are not obeying the rule of law, you'll have to go to a higher court. And of course, that's the U.S. Supreme Court. And if the U.S. Supreme Court refuses to hear it, well, there's one of two situations you have here. Either the U.S. Supreme Court has been bought off by the deep state or they actually are part of the deep state. Uh, the rule of law is the rule of law. That's it. And uh, the, the U.S. Supreme Court, that's their job. If there's a confusion, if there's confusion, but not following the rule of law is pretty, pretty easy to point out. Am I right? It's pretty easy to point out somebody not abiding by the rule of law. And our Constitution is not, is not a, uh, a, a document that changes and evolves over time. It is, uh, it's not a living document. It is a standing document standing document the constitution the bill of rights a standing document that we should we should live by and uh, when people aren't doing that and we've seen a lot of that in the last three years with the biden administration uh you know acting like george w bush uh, it's just a gosh darn piece of paper god it gets so irritated you know our founding fathers worked very hard and putting together the Constitution, and with God in mind, by the way, if you look through the Constitution, there's a lot of definitely faith-based decisions made that they all agree. They were more of a Christian Christian following here when they put the Constitution together. Uh, there was a higher belief of God, God, family, country. Um, but then we have, you know, now these things are all at war, pretty much are all being attacked. Uh, religion is being attacked everywhere you look. We saw a little bit of it uh, for Christmas, uh, you know. Can't say Merry Christmas, it's Happy Holidays, and things like that. But uh, attacking the churches uh, at the state capitol, was it Iowa State Capitol, that they had a Lucifer, Lucifer kind of uh, statue? Can you imagine that? Imagine that. A statue of the devil, Lucifer, Satan, at a capitol. It blows my mind. That we are where we are today and trying to defend the right things. And we have people saying, no, we don't recognize that anymore. No, no, no. It, you may not recognize it, but I recognize it. And the majority of people in this country do recognize it. But for some reason, the minority in this country is taking over. The minority, the liberal progressives, the woke, have made decisions on our behalf that you, you can't have that anymore. That's a bad thing. You know, We're going to take that out. Um, amazing. William Penn statue at Welcome Park in Pennsylvania. We're going to take it down. Why? We're going to take it down. Well, if you look up a little bit of William Penn, what he stood for, it was all good. Equal rights, people coming together, working together, 
uh, collaboration effort, and you want to take it down for why? Why? Well, there's been a change to that for some reason. Enough people stood up and said, this is ridiculous. We done, we've done our homework. We don't see any racist here. We don't see a slave owner. What's your argument? Well, we want to bring something else into the park that's more welcoming. So all the good things that William Penn did is to be put aside and some way degraded and put down, and we're going to bring something else in. What are you going to put in here? Uh, I... Uh, a statue of Harvey Milk. Yeah, there's a classy guy. I think if you don't know his history, look him up sometime. What a character. No, we're going to take down real statues. We're going to put up people that we idolize. The minority is doing this. The minority is doing this crazy stuff. I do have some good news uh, for you. Evidently, uh, anti-Semitism has gone down in the last week since I reported to be about 385% increase since the October 7th attack on Israel by Hamas, it has gone down to 360%. And I think I told you how they got to that, that number. I'll remind you when we come back. Stay tuned. tuned in to the Republic Broadcasting Network. Visit our website by going to republicbroadcasting.org. Are you one of the millions of people who feel like there is a dark cloud hanging over their heads whenever they're using pharmaceutical drugs? For some, the short-term relief can turn into an opioid addiction nightmare. Have you ever wondered why CBD oil is a billion-dollar industry? It's because it works better than opioids and is actually healthy for you. However, CBD oil is stripped of all other helpful compounds found in the hemp plant. According to neuroscientists, the whole hemp plant, otherwise known as hemp paste, is even more effective than the chemically processed CBD oil. Are you ready to take back your health? You can try Hemp Paste for the price of a cup of coffee. HempPaste.com slash RBN. Free shipping on orders over $50. See the banners for Hemp Paste at RepublicBroadcasting.org and visit HempPaste.com slash RBN. Hello, hello, hello from beautiful Colorado. My name is Samuel Jung Kay, and I am currently the lead Shilajee hunter and master herbalist for Colorado Shilajee Company. In this video series, I will be discussing what we believe is the greatest of all adaptogenic superfoods and the single greatest natural healing remedy gifted to us by Mother Earth. I think you too will become as excited by this incredible substance called Shilajee as we were and are after our discovery of this amazing gift right here in beautiful, colorful Colorado. You may already know Shilaji by other names. Shilajit, Momio, Momi, Mami, Mineral Pitch, Asphaltum, and others. 
Shiroji literally translates to destroyer of weakness and conqueror of mountains. Shiroji has been in use for thousands of years and is considered as the highest valued cure-all of any earthly substance. Look for the gold mountain and medical symbol logo in banners on republicbroadcasting.org to watch the full video and see more information. Use code GORBN when ordering. That's G-O-R-B-N. My name is John. I'm the founder of Blackout Coffee, and I started uh, Blackout because I really love coffee. I've always loved coffee, and after traveling so much to Europe, South America, and trying so many different coffees that were so good, and uh, every time I came back uh, to the U.S., I was so disappointed with the coffee, so I figured that I had to do something about it. The biggest difference is really is on the beans and the roasting process, how we roast it and how fresh it is. The fresher the roast, the better the quality. Here I have like all, all of the coffee, it's roasted within one to two days prior to being shipped. So it literally gets to consumer's house within three to five days after being roasted. If you like coffee, you have to try ours. It's fresh roasted, it's one of the best beans that we can get, and you will definitely see the difference. Visit blackoutcoffee.com and use the coupon code REPUB10. That's REPUB10. the government does uh it's kind of um how they tweak numbers to get the numbers that they want uh, especially when they want to try to dumb down a number that's really bad and make it look not look so severe versus uh a number that's really wrong but they want to boost it up and make it look like it's a positive for them to make themselves look good they're never accountable for really anything they're if they have any successes we we don't hear about them very often but uh, a lot of the numbers they throw at you are just plain out, flat out BS numbers. And uh, this 385% uh, increase in anti-Semitism, right from the very beginning, I thought, man, there's, there's no way. I mean, I should be able to walk out of my house and I should be able to see anti-Semitism everywhere I look in the paper, people talking. Uh, everywhere you look, there should be anti-Semitism somewhere at 385%. But we're down now to 360% anti-Semitism. So there is a drop. There is a decrease. That is a good thing. Uh, yeah, right, <clears throat> as if these numbers are real. But uh, the numbers, I, I came up with a little equation of how they figured this out. They, they kind of take uh, two systems. They take a, a common core mathematics, and then they, they put it with some other government computer program and they kind of meld them together and basically what they do is they, they assign one percent one percent for every person that attends a protest for palestine uh so one percent so the last protest they had in the, in the cities i think it was in washington only had 360 people attended so one percent 360 percent 
Uh, so that is a decrease from 385%. But that's only I can come up with. I have no idea. Nobody's ever, I've never heard Peter Ducey say, hey, by the way, how do you get these numbers? Can you show me how you get these numbers? I'm a numbers guy. I, I want to see it. So show me. Get your little dry erase board there. And show me how you came up with 385% increase in anti-Semitism since October 7th. I want to see this. I would love to see KJP, the idiot White House press secretary, try to answer that question. I mean, she'd probably answer it. You're just going to have to take our word for it. We're just going to take our word for it. Our experts have uh, totaled the numbers, and the percentage is 385%. Well, can you show us? Can you, I'll tell you, maybe you don't know how, how they did it. You're not too bright anyway. Your affirmative action higher. You know that, right? Oh, I'm sorry. It's not affirmative action. It's a diversity higher. Sorry, I got it wrong. We've changed the word from affirmative action to diversity now. So you're a diversity higher. And so uh, I tell you what, once you bring your expert out, we'll sit here and wait. And I want to see on the dry race board, I want to see the formula of how you got to 385% increase in anti-Semitism. I, I will, we're waiting. We're waiting. We're waiting. So um, we'll see. I mean, it's just crazy. These numbers they throw around. Every number that government gives you um, is lie. Is a lie. Flat out. It's a lie. It's a, it's a big line. I uh, want to point something else out that was very interesting the other day. I, uh, I, I do miss the Monday night show because I always have so much information I want to slide over to Mondays and bring, but so we're not going to have Mondays anymore. It's over. It was a good ride. But uh, Charlie Kirk had a guest on his show about a week and a half ago, and uh, I thought it would be interesting. I'll, I'll sit and watch it. Charlie Kirk, sometimes I agree with him, probably 95% of the time, somewhere around that ballpark, 95%, until he goes into the area of Israel and Palestine. Uh, even though he does point out, he did point out that the Israelis were not surprised by the attack, and he did point out they knew a, a year ahead of time that Israel was going to be attacked. So, you know, again, this is the allowed false flag, so Israel can go to Palestine and pretty much annihilate Gaza. And I, I assume it's uh, it's going to be taken over. Gaza's going to disappear, and it'll be in the hands of, of Israel. But it was interesting that he had Robert F. Kennedy Jr. on the show, and uh, he did not let up. He actually says, I, I like some of your work. I agree with you. I'll disagree with you, but I'll disagree with you with respect. But uh, they were talking about Supreme Court justices. If he were elected president of the United States, who would some of his choices be? And he says, well, I, like a big blank stare. I don't, he didn't answer and he didn't answer for a long time, probably close to seven, eight seconds, and suddenly, I, I, I can't answer. Well, goes, would, who would you what would you hire for the Supreme Court? Uh, somebody who is more in line with my, my thinking, my belief set. Good answer, good answer. What exactly is that belief set? Well, it's capital, Mark, it's capital capitalism, you know, market. A capitalist market, uh, environmental friendly, uh, rights and freedoms and beliefs, you know. Um, those are all good answers. But then he uh, said, well, how about, like, are you talking about somebody more in line with uh, Kagan or Clarence Thomas? One of those two. Which one would you be more like on the side of your beliefs? I, I, I can't answer that. I can't answer that. You can't answer You won't answer that. 
And I don't think he's going to come back on, even though he agreed to come back on Charlie Kirk. I don't think he's going to come back on Charlie Kirk. But then we get down to the most bizarre thing that I've ever heard. And I was trying to, I've, right away, I was on the my text, on my email, and I was texting Charlie Kirk and emailing, I'm sorry, Charlie Kirk. And I said, this makes no sense. But uh, Charlie Kirk asked him, um, who is your who is your your favorite your favorite favorite U.S. justice at the Supreme Court? Who's your favorite? And this one's going to blow you away. It's Earl Warren. He actually said Earl Warren. Are we talking about the same Earl Warren who headed the Warren Commission for the intelligence cover up for the assassination of uh, of, uh, of, our, of JFK? Are you, are, this is the same Earl Warren you're talking about? I couldn't believe it. The one who sealed the records, the real, well, the records are now sealed for another 60 or 70 years. Are we talking about the same guy that, that headed the Warren Commission? This guy that covered up the death and went along with the Patsy story of one shooter? That guy is your favorite justice? I don't know about you. That's... That's the craziest answer I would have ever expected from Robert and F. Kennedy Jr. I would have never expected him to say Earl Warren, ever. Because uh, the last year he's been talking about the inside job of killing John F. Kennedy. And, uh, you know, it's a cover-up and intelligence was involved. And, and uh, L- Lyndon Johnson, Lyndon B. Johnson was involved. And many agencies were involved. It was an inside deal. And... Uh, Along with Bobby, Bobby can the same way, and you would pick Earl Warren as your favorite, the most successful U.S. Supreme Court justice. Blows me away. Blows me away. Which goes to uh, another topic I want to talk about, and that's Christopher Ray, the crooked Christopher Ray, who was the director of the FBI, under oath talking about uh, you know how many agents were at the Capitol. They asked him that question, I, and of course a big whopper lie of. I don't know. Uh, I don't know how many. And then coming back with, uh, well, there were there were some there, yeah, but um, we lost count. What do you mean you lost count? You can count what? Can you count? How far can you count? Just curious, from one to what? How far can you count before you lose track? Okay, well, later on committed to 200 agents at the Capitol that day on January 6th, 2021. Well, let me think here. Let's Let's do some... Let's do some real serious critical thinking here. Now, the FBI has approximately 35,000 agents employed. 35,000 agents. 1.5 million people approximately attended the Stop the Steal rally on January 6, 2021. Okay, now am I going to send 200 agents with a crowd of 1.5 million people? That's not just directly right in front of the Capitol. But we're talking about all over the grounds here. And let's not forget the pipe bomb. What about that pipe bomb? Well, who, who's, who, who, do we know who actually placed the pipe bomb? I saw pictures. That was grainy. Isn't that funny? High tech in Washington, and you get grainy photos of a guy with a backpack placing a pipe bomb. I'm blown away. I'm blown away. Always the grainy photo. We don't know who it is. The same FBI that's investing this is always in, also investigating the, 
the uh, Georgia Guidestones being blown up. Maybe they're looking into the 10,000 cows that suddenly died. I don't know. But it's a joke. Uh, there's no way in the world, if you have 1.5 million people that are at a rally, there's a percentage they may go with, but I guarantee you 200 people that are there for the FBI, representing the FBI for 1.5 million people did not happen. Probably two or 3,000, maybe more than that, of 35,000. You got to remember, they're all pretty busy right now looking for people in the crowd. Anybody who just stepped on the uh, steps itself, we're going after them. Three people down here in Florida, uh, down by Orlando, just got nabbed, and looks like they're going to be going to jail uh, in this one-sided rig system they've got in, in place here to punish conservatives, to punish the MAGA group, to punish Trump supporters. We're going after people. And... Uh, it's crazy. It is totally crazy. But yeah, a rally attendance of 1.5 million people doesn't have 200 FBI agents. It has a heck of a lot more than that. And uh, it's funny that nobody – this is my thinking. This is my critical thinking. I didn't hear anybody on the other side to say that doesn't make sense. Weren't you underrepresented with 1.5 million people? Do you think that's a sound number to protect the capital at uh, 1.5 million? Nobody asked this simple, simple question. I can't figure it out. It's not rocket science. You go to a ball game. They know how many police officers at the ball game. Hockey match, whatever games. They know how many law enforcement people are at that function for protection to keep people safe. And you can't tell me you know for sure how many agents were there? Sure you do. Your agents are all accounted for. You know exactly where all your agents are every day. You know where your agents are. And ahead of time, you had agents in the Capitol ready to go, positioning themselves, and then blending in with the crowd, acting like they're one of the crowd. So this whole idea of underrepresentation, only 200 in a crowd for 1.5 million protesters, um, no, it doesn't fly by me. It would be nice to have somebody in in Washington on the other side of the Republicans to actually point this out, this common sense question to ask, and we won't hear it. Which brings me to one of the provocateurs, one of the FBI informants. I can only assume this as he got a major slap on the wrist, and we're talking about the guy in the bullhorn, Ray Epps. Of course, we made enough stink about it. People made enough stink about it. Here's the guy in the bullhorn. You're going after protesters uh, some of you may walk peacefully through the Capitol carrying a Trump flag or a MAGA hat, and uh, you're going after them. They'll get 10 years in prison, and this guy is saying we need to go into the Capitol on the bullhorn. We must go inside the Capitol. We need to make our presence go inside the Capitol. You got him. But they just don't do anything about it. They let slide, and finally somebody says, you know, we've got to do something about this. It's, uh, it makes us look like uh, he's a, it's an inside job. He was working for us. So what do they do? They bring him into court. They give him a, a misdemeanor charge, uh, six months in prison, then later on turn around and waive the prison sentence of six months and give him uh, probation and 100 community service hours. Are you serious? Yep. That's what Ray Epps got as a sentence. So now you tell me to believe in the FBI? And trust the FBI as being honest and telling me the truth. Hey, it's right there in your face. It, it's right there in your face. 
Ray Epps is, was a provocateur working with the FBI. No doubt about it. The sentence alone should tell you that. If it doesn't, I can't help you then. But that's exactly what it's saying. Uh, looks like we got uh, some news here I need to give. Arbians, uh, let's see here. I'm going to read this first, make sure I get it right. Okay, I'll do it next hour. Not a, not a problem. We got the book drive here. Some uh, a winner I need to announce who the winner is. How many more books we have left, Sam? That's it? Wow. Okay. Okay. One more book. You got your chances. Anybody who's already donated is still in the pot there, the hat, so you can uh, hopefully still get a chance of winning one of John's personal books in his library there. That's kind of a neat thing. I've got one, so I'm kind of happy to have that as my memento of my good friendship with John Stadmiller. Um, Governor Abbott, uh, state versus federal pushback right now going on. This is interesting. Maybe just a smidgen, smidgen too late, unfortunately. Uh, I would have done this from the very beginning. You know, I think, like I said, a man's character is his fate, will become his fate. And uh, there's a time, what's the old saying, uh, when a, let me get it right here because it's been a while since I said it. Um, when a defining moment comes along, you define the moment or the moment defines you. And a defining moment would have been if Governor Greg Abbott, from the very beginning, when this invasion started to take off and the border agents weren't doing their job, I would have called on the citizenry to come and help arm, deputize him, I guess you might say, and basically build the wall. And I would do blockages, uh, blockages, whatever I could, with uh, like they're doing right now, these huge, huge monstrous trucks, and uh, keep the buoys in the river and do everything possible to protect my state. This is a defining moment, and uh, evidently he was scared of federal officials. I don't know why. I don't know if it would have happened or not uh, if federal officials would have come and thrown him in jail for dis disobeying them, but I think Greg Abbott had everything to, to stand by his side there in legalities in that he's simply protecting his state. He's following the, the Constitution, the rule of law, and we do have immigration laws that are not being um, agreed by, not being followed. So I think Greg Abbott had every right to uh, step in and do all he could to stop the illegal immigration to the state. So I don't know how this, the, the federal government can come back and say, we, well, yeah, we, we have open borders and we want them open for a reason, but you're defying federal immigration law. Laws have not been changed. They stand the way they are. And we're simply going to protect the state of Texas, which brings me to a story. My good friend uh, David went to Texas to visit some family, and uh, he got back the other day, and we talked. And he told me that on the military base, his um, son-in-law in the military was told, the wives had been told, the officer's wife and the enlisted wives had been told by the base commander not to go, not to go off base alone not to go off the base alone. Why would that be? Because what's coming over the border on the other side there are the criminal aspect and uh, making sure that their soldiers' wives are not attacked by these, uh, these thugs, these criminals. So here you got the state telling their soldiers, their, their enlisted people, that, hey, don't go off base because um, it's too dangerous. And Biden saying, waving them on in, come on in, come on in, come on in. Um, this was a defining moment. Again, maybe a little too late, but it has to be done anyway. It is being done right now. I guess the question I have, the big question I have is for Donald Trump, 
And um, if he gets back in, then I hope he does. Um, you know, and I think you know how I feel about him. He's made a lot of mistakes. Maybe he's learned something this time around. Maybe. I don't know. But how are you going to – he's going to be a dictator on day one. Okay. I, I like that idea. Be a dictator on one, day one. Close the borders. Put the wall – get the wall going right away. Get it going. And uh, do that. And what was I was going to – Else gonna do? Oh, clean house, clean house, clean house. Get rid of all that dead weight. Get rid of those holdovers. Get over people you can't trust. Actually, make them all take a polygraph test. I think that would be a nice thing to do. Uh, why not? For government jobs, you do take polygraphs. Why shouldn't it be the same for working in the White House? Take a polygraph. You don't pass it, you're out of here. You pass it, you're in. Do a big giant time uh, investigation into their background. Find out. If they have any liabilities, find out all about them. Give them those test questions of character questions. But uh, that's what I would do. You know, when the Democrats pulled their little stunt of uh, making cities sanctuary cities, I thought Donald Trump had a, a defining moment right then and there, a defining moment to uh, define that moment. Not that the moment defined him and to send federal officials to jail those governors and those mayors who actually allowed their cities to become sanctuary cities. I think he had an opportunity right there. He missed. Again, another opportunity to clean house, another opportunity to build the wall. And I don't have any explanations. I don't think he's ever gone into those areas to explain why he did what he did or what he didn't do, why he didn't do it. Um, the wall. Let's talk about the wall. You could have simply, uh, you know, you're waiting for Congress to allocate money for funds to build a wall. Well, why don't you just say it's a national emergency? Um, I'm trying to protect our country. We don't know who's coming across the border, the drug dealers, um, the coyotes, the drugs, everything you can think of, the criminal element, MS-13. Uh, I'm trying, going to protect our borders. I'm going to protect our country. And the economic portion that uh, takes down a country also before paying for all these people that come here for free. Uh, I'm going to do the right things. I'm going to uh, build this wall. And I'm going to build it using an executive order, an EO. Executive order, the wall will be built. I'm not going to haggle with Congress on needing money to build the wall. The wall will be built. I'm your president. I'm going to keep this country safe. We will never have another terrorist attack on, on my clock. And uh, this is what we're going to do. Executive order, build the wall. Beef up the borders. Uh, if necessary, you call out what? Your National Guard. Greg Abbott, call out your National Guard. What the hell you have them for? They're there for an emergency. What's an emergency? I'd say this is an emergency. You're being invaded. And the worst, of, and the worst of the worst is coming over, and you need to protect your borders. So, hey, call out the National Guard. What are they going to do? That's your decision as governor. I think sometimes these governors and sometimes these mayors don't quite understand their duties, their their roles in government. I don't think they quite understand it. You know, when I when you take a job, sometimes they give you a handbook and they said these are your job responsibilities. I, I just don't think that actually is handed down to governors and mayors, but you should know what your responsibilities are, and it should be a no-brainer, is to protect your state, to protect your state, including economics. Second hour coming up, I am opening the phone calls. 
Possible nuclear wars, viruses, solar flares, and civil unrest. People are scrambling to prepare and stockpile food. But the one thing out of reach for many is an underground bunker. Until now. Because you can now have a 3D printed underground bunker in just one day. An excavator digs a hole in your backyard. And 3dbunkers.com shows up in a small truck and sets up their 3D printer under a tent completely undetected. They can print as many rooms as you want at a fraction of the cost compared to traditional metal bunkers. 3D Bunkers uses polymer concrete which is five times stronger than regular cement. YouTube 3dbunkers.com and watch the video. The creators of 3D Bunkers is looking for a business partner that can help bring this technology to the world. And we need to protect our way of life without living in fear. Contact Brad at 3dbunkers.com for more details or visit 3dbunkers.com. You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network. Because you can handle the truth. 